You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Matt Fulmer. What's going on, Rob? Matt, tell me a little bit about yourself. You can say what you do professionally or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, professionally, I work for an insurance company um, in internal sales. And I've been working for the insurance company for about eight years now. But the reason why I'm here on your show, I guess, is... I have a, a food page, a food blog on Instagram, and that's how you found me. So you take pictures of just food in general, like anything? Uh, so I have a rule for anything I post. It's food that I personally have eaten, and in some cases that I've personally prepared myself. Okay. So what is, uh, what is a typical like meal, would you say? Like, what's, a, what's a good meal? I would have to say I'd probably lean on some of my favorites for that. So a good meal to me is a nice juicy burger. That's probably my favorite. I know you're not a big red meat guy, but yeah, I am because I won't <laughs> shit for a week and a half. But <laughs> when, dude, good I'm reason. Not, I'm not gonna lie though, man. The, the food topics in general, like they're really, really getting popular. Only because like it's just, I mean, mouth pleasure. First of all, like we're starting to develop a little bit of a social and emotional addiction to food. But I mean, throughout like history, we've all it's a nostalgia effect. That's what it used to be. Like cereal back in the day. Whenever I walk down the cereal aisle, it's like fuck. I'm getting hit with a wave of nostalgia. Like I'm six years old and the world hasn't hit me yet. And there's a there's a toy in my box of cereal I'm about to open up. Like it's just it was always an effect. It was always a feeling. You remember your family dinners. You remember all these good times. I think that's why it's getting so popular is because it's bringing a lot of people back to those moments. Absolutely. I mean, you come across either something you had in your childhood or I know surfing the web, I see recipes all the time for things I had as a kid, you know, stumbled upon a recipe for Dunkaroo dip. I don't know if you've ever had Dunkaroos, but it was the most amazing. They're bringing them back? Trust me, I'm as excited as anybody else about that. Um, it's amazing. It was one of my favorite snacks as a kid. <laughs> I'm telling you though, but like, what was your childhood, like your, your go-to meal, like your go-to thing? Mine, I've already probably said multiple times so people know it's a two pieces of bread, cheese on top of each piece, and then pepperoni put in the microwave for 15 seconds. Hmm. I've never done that. I, I have to say that that's interesting. That sounds like it would be pretty awesome and super simple. Um, for me, I think there were two things. When I was really young, you're not going to like this one. When I was really young, I would take a piece of bread and I would put ketchup and mustard on the bread and just eat that. Um, That's not too bad. I like ketchup. I just, when it comes to eggs, oh, you okay. sick sons of bitches. 
I don't know. <laughs> so many people send me DMs now of freaking ketchup on the eggs. I get it. Look, my dad did it so much. I mean, I remember making breakfast or something. He would make me French toast before I got sick of cinnamon. And then he would just sit down with a giant thing of scrambled eggs and take the thing of ketchup. You know, most people shake it and do like a squirt on the side. He took it, held it up with both arms like he's about to hammer fist something, and then just start <laughs> squeezing the whole bottle down on top of it. And I'm looking at him like, why? He's like, I'm like, it looks like soup, man. <laughs> I will say, I typically am a ketchup on the side kind of guy. Um, I have found myself, you know, if you look through my feed, especially with those photos of eggs, um, when I use ketchup, I will kind of drizzle it kind of back and forth on top just because it looks, you know, like aesthetically pleasing and it's, it's good for the picture, but it's not typically, if I were just making something to eat, I'd be dipping the ketchup. I wouldn't cover it in ketchup. Okay. So do you do a lot of it depending on like the picture? Like, do you try and dress it up real nice? Like when you get something, do you ever go out of your way to kind of order something off the menu or is it just stuff that you specifically like? Like I know, you know, sushi is obviously very, very appetizing for people to look at in a picture. There are some meals that like soups, um, different types of breads and stuff is very, very popular when it comes to the picture. Do you ever go that far into it or you just get what you like? So I won't order something that I know I won't like. So you'll never see sushi on my feed. I don't do sushi. I tried it once or twice and it just, the whole, it's cold and it's not cooked and the consistency, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, but I will say that I order things off of a menu at a restaurant a lot differently now. You know, if it's someplace I've been before, I'm the type of person, I'm a creature of habit. I'm going to get the same thing over and over and over again. My favorite restaurant, I always used to get the same exact plate of enchiladas every time I went. Enchiladas going deep into the diarrhea territory. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I swear to you, man, I was expecting something like, uh, I was expecting with you maybe something like a nice cheeseburger or a nice bacon burger, but for me, yeah. I was a ch I was a chicken tender and French fry fanatic, man. I mean, my grandma would go out of her way even when I was in like like nineteen or so to go get me chicken nugget dinosaurs um, with just honey mustard, that Ken's steak syrup, whatever the Ken's honey mustard, the steak sauce one. That was my dream. I still eat those dinosaurs, Rob. All right, thank <laughs> God. There's hope still alive in the world. I'll tell you that. But when it comes to Applebee's, all right, I don't know if you've ever eaten there before. Um, oh, I have. It, the, then the two for 20, the appetite, that's a good deal, but they used to have nachos on there and they used to give you a giant thing of nachos. Literally, like it was enough for like five people and it was like seven bucks. And then they stopped doing that. Like I was addicted to those things for a while, like going out to eat, especially when you're a kid is just so fascinating. And then when you turn into an adult and you actually have to pay for the bill, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. I think definitely for Applebee's, that was a bigger thing when I was closer to your age, you're, you're what, 22, 21? Yeah, 22. 22, yeah. So I'm 32. I'm a little older than you are. Okay, but... holy crap. All right, all right, go continue. I got something I got to say. <laughs> okay, but what I was going to say is with Applebee's, you know, at your age, that was the move because you'd go after 9 o'clock, half-price appetizers, it was perfect. As I've gotten older, I've gotten away from doing Applebee's. Um, not, not as big a fan of it as I used to be. But I know one of the things that stopped me, too, is on their dessert menu, 
they had, it was called the Maple Butter Blondie. That was the sole reason why I continued to go back. And at least here in my area, none of the franchises have it anymore. So now I feel like I've got no reason to go, so I don't go. But to your point on the, the chicken, kind of back to your original question, I ate so much chicken as a child that my grandmother told me, you're going to turn into a chicken. It was always chicken nuggets, chicken fingers. And matter of fact, I just went to Texas Roadhouse the other night and I ordered the chicken critters. I'm probably one of the few people to go there as an adult and not order a steak. It's just, I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, when you have, um, the reason I was saying I had something I had to say was because you don't look to, like you're 30, dude. You, you, you were very, very, look very young. <laughs> I thought you were my age. That's why I was like, okay. But the <laughs> original thing when I was saying with, um, the meals you eat, I was looking at them and like, Someone in there like that does food reviews, they go all special and stuff. Dude, I was seeing stuff on your Instagram that I was questioning, and now I'm questioning even more <laughs> because of the fact that you're in your 30s. This is like when people are like, we need to incorporate veggies and stuff. I'm looking at yours. I saw you had one that was on here that was tater tots and like on a, on like a little hamburger roll with like ketchup on it. I was like, this is shit I was eating when I was like 14 years old, 15 years old. And I was like, dang, it's like, what kind of, like, once now I'm starting to know who you are, I'm like, okay, that, you know, it's, it, you're, you're still young and everything, but usually people go the whole opposite way of like salads and all this type of stuff. And I was seeing stuff, I was like, this guy's got to have the worst indigestion in the world. <laughs> well, I think too, you know, looking at the page, it's kind of like how Instagram is in general for everybody, right? What you see on Instagram isn't 100% of anybody's life right? Everybody tries to show a certain image, whether it's their personal page and they want to look like a model, or in my case, it's a food page and I want to show certain food. So I think about what will people like? What will they want to, you know, double tap when they see? Like, for example, the last picture I put up was a cheeseburger with a fried egg on it with a donut, a glazed donut as the bun. It's got more likes than anything I've posted in the seven or eight months I've been doing this. And I knew it would because it's one of those like outrageous things that people want to see, but I eat regular stuff too. You know, it's just, you try to put your best foot forward on Instagram, just like most people do. Yeah. The art of plating plays a big factor when it comes to taking pictures of food. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that's like, you know, even you mentioned like, you know, the dessert, you know, that was never a big thing for me. You know, you could tell a lot about a person by what they order, what they eat, like whatever, like a lot of people like, you know, like salads and stuff. Me, I've always been a salad and like chicken and beef type of guy, you know, going out to a restaurant and stuff when I was a kid has definitely changed from, I don't really go out to eat anymore now just because I prefer to save my money and make my meal at home or something. But when it comes to health, nutrition, all these types of things, it's getting a little bit insane. Like, especially talking to so many people involved into the restaurant industry, like you can't go on and out to eat without there's being vegan options. There's all these different options. There's all these different things and ideas and recipes. I mean, it's the, probably the most information that's ever been in the food history in general. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the more we've looked at it and the more people have researched what's healthy, what's not healthy, you know, I think We've learned a lot, but I can guarantee you 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years, maybe even, we're going to look at what's considered healthy or considered a balanced diet. And it's not going to look the way it looks in 2020 today. Well, and exactly. I think we had, we had what the food pyramid in school. I'm pretty sure they tossed yeah. that out the fucking window. 
now they absolutely did keto diets and stuff like just take carbs out of the equation it's like wait you told me carbs were the most important thing in my life and that's why they taste so good it's like no 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 that <laughs> bowl of cheerios is actually really bad for you we're gonna have to put you here's a salad leaf eat this i'm like oh okay <laughs> yeah i think for me the the interesting one is eggs so over the years it's gone back and forth about five times eggs are healthy eggs aren't healthy don't eat the yolk, just eat the white. Oh, eat all the, the nutrition's in the yolk. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a good source of protein either way. Personally, I'm not a nutritionist, but I think it's funny how we've gone back and forth so many times on, do you eat it, do you not eat it? Does it have too much cholesterol? What part of the egg should you eat? You know, and I've done, I've done it all. I've had meals where I'll eat the whole egg, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, I was on egg whites for a while myself, um, and that that was good too, but it just, it shifts. Things change so rapidly that it'll be interesting 20 years from now to see what's considered healthy. Do you have a problem with the diet trends? I feel like I have a major problem with it just because of the idea of how everybody's trying to shove it in everybody's face. And it's like, I don't care if you're vegan. I don't care if you're keto. I don't, it's just not for everyone. Our bodies are all genetically made up differently. And I think that we're doing a really bad thing when it comes to people having a sense of entitlement when it comes to like what they eat or what diet they're on. I'm just like, let people do their thing. You know, for me, I used to eat eggs all the time. You know, I like the runny yolk parts. I liked it. And then I just stopped liking it. I like, I prefer egg whites more. I don't really like the yolk anymore, you know? And, you know, when I became a clean eater after like doing like working out and taking that dive from eating a bag of spicy nacho Doritos, which I swear to God, if I could do today, I would totally do. Um, but they just, they make me sick to my stomach now because like your body, you know, what you eat is your fuel, but it also goes into like how you act. Like I know after I haven't had pasta in forever, but I could definitely kill like some nice potatoes. I can kill some nice, uh, pasta noodles, a nice lasagna. I could definitely tear it up because I have cravings for it, but it just doesn't react to me properly. It's like when you start feeding your body, like a strict thing of certain things, it just stops acting differently. And it's like, I have a slice of pizza every now and again, that's good good but dairy messes with my stomach next you know i'm shitting up or farting up a storm it's like you know things change people adapt different traits or abilities and stuff to what they eat and it's crazy to see how you can watch yourself evolve too from what you've ordered when you were a kid to what you order now oh absolutely and i think you know what you mentioned about our bodies changing and what our bodies can handle changing i think that's so true because i had a point in time way before all these outrageous food posts where I wasn't really feeling as well as I thought I should. And I was trying to pinpoint what it might be. And I came to the conclusion kind of on my own with my own research. There was no medical professional or nutritionist involved, but I thought maybe I'm having too much dairy. Maybe it's, you know, milk, it's whatever. So for a while I switched to almond milk and I actually did enjoy it. I just recently, maybe three or four months ago, switched back to, to regular milk, but I use it so infrequently now that I don't think, you know, it really has an impact on me because I'll buy a quart of milk and I don't drink it all. It goes bad. And I've only recently been using it, you know, because of this page, one of the things I decided to do was if I see any new or different cereal, I'm going to pick it up and I'll do a review on it. Still no honey um, smacks though. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I know you're a big Honey Smacks guy. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever eaten Honey Smacks. And I know that's like 
I have nothing against them. I'll, I'll ha- you know what I'll have to do? I'll have to get them, give them a try, and put up a review because I know you've been talking to some folks that do reviews and you haven't seen the Honey Smacks review yet. You just spit in the face of Morgan Freeman. Like, holy crap, just you saying that line, I think my heart, a part of it broke off and just fell through my chest cavity. But it's like, I, dude, when it comes to, you know, like you're saying with the dairy thing, it's a really weird thing. The fact that people are becoming really, really intolerant of a lot of things. Now you notice all the allergic reaction type stuff that wasn't so common back in the day. Like I think the biggest one was peanuts and that was like a few kids in our school. Now it's like, everybody's allergic to something. It's like, is it something that they're putting into our food? And that's why a lot of people are starting to do like farm to table type stuff because it feels like with all these hands being passed around with our food, they're meeting a lot of people's hands before they get to our plate you know from the um where it comes from off the farm to going through a company to the processing to the packaging to all this type of stuff it's like people just want to go to the actual farm themselves and pick it out like they want to see the cow get slaughtered and everything it's like i want to make sure that they're not putting anything in our food it feels like for a while like it's starting to become a thing now like it's all starting to hit us like a lot of people are developing gastro diseases a lot of people are developing severe illnesses a lot of people are starting to get like this weird thing that's going on and i'm like there it's in, it's in the meat yeah no i think there's there's definitely something to that because like i have a, a good friend of mine and she's been going through health issues and trying to figure out what it is you know is it fibromyalgia what what's the issue and she switched her diet. She's on like a paleo diet and it's worked wonders for her. She's, she's been improving significantly. I think that there's definitely something to be said though about additives to food, especially meat. I think the antibiotics and, and other things that are added, they definitely don't react to our bodies all the same way. And I think there's that negative reaction for a lot more people and, and to, speak to the allergies, you know, there were very few kids when I was in school that had, say, a peanut allergy. It was maybe a handful of kids in the whole school. Now it's much more prevalent. So I think it's definitely things that we're adding to the food, whether it's to preserve it or change the taste or whatever. I think we're just adding too much crap to a lot of this food. And I think um, now it's becoming more aware of it and people are getting so addicted to these diet trends too. I think it's also the emotional thing that is with food. You know, it is, and it, it, it creates a, a rush in your body. It creates a, like a dopamine type thing. And depending on what you eat, it can also create serotonin. I look at food as like a task. I'm trying to get it out of the way. People look at it like, Oh, it's an, it's a pleasure. I want to do it all day type of activity. It's good for stress too. I mean, when you're bored and not doing anything, you usually get hungry. Um, if I had to ask you, what is your favorite is it, do you prefer going out to a special restaurant like what's your favorite restaurant or do you prefer like a fast food meal cuz sometimes a fast food one's a lot better than a regular restaurant yeah i think it depends on my mood um i've got you know some go to fast food like one of my favorite fast food places of all time um other than chick-fil-a cuz that's on a level of its own it's a fucking white uh, is wendy's that's so – I'm sorry. When someone talks about Chick-fil-A, I'm like, you got entitlement or some shit. Chick-fil-A's got oh, like Oh, no, no. Look, if you put if you put the uh, fast food chains in order based on like class, it's like Chick-fil-A's like high class. Like it's like with Starbucks. It's like that stereotypical one. Dude. Oh, wow. I like this. I like a spicy number three though with the chocolate milkshake. 
that that's that's yeah see see that's the thing you can't argue with it i i know that a lot of people have opinions on chick-fil-a for various reasons but for me it's all about the food and you know some people choose to go there some people choose not to go there but um I, i think to me that's one of the best um, I would have to say in terms of like a good fast food burger, I- I'm typically hitting up Wendy's for that. And I'm actually really excited uh, for their breakfast. Now they've got breakfast. So, you know, you'll see something coming about that. <laughs> Wendy's freaking burned down where I live. I think I've only been there twice ever since oh I was a God. kid. Well, it's the same thing. Like when people talk about what's their favorite fast food, it's like what was closer in your area or what was most available to you when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was think, when I was very little, like under the age of five, I was going up back and forth from Maryland to Florida over and over again. So we would always stop at McDonald's like Neopets were a huge thing. Like um, yeah. Bill, Bill Burr has a joke about it. Like they're just doping our food and we're just so used to all like the crap that's in it that we don't end up going to sleep afterwards. But to make a kid shut up, you just hit them with that happy meal and they just conk out because all the chemicals rushing through their body creates them like an overload. It's true. Like. When I was a kid, that was the first thing to make a shut up was like my mom would just pull right into McDonald's, get us a happy meal, and we would just be out, take a nap or something. And next thing you know, we're in Florida. But like growing up, you know, in Ocean City and stuff, there's a Taco Bell right in West Ocean City. So my dad would just grab a Taco 12 pack and me and him would just split it. You know, that was the whole thing. Like it was, it's way more convenient, like just to pick up fast food or something than it is to make your own meal. But when I ask you, what's your favorite fast food place, chicken, what would you say? Oh, that's that's definitely a, a hotly contested debate these days. Um, I think I still have to give it to Chick-fil-A. Now, to be fair, with Popeyes, I have not had the sandwich yet. I've only had like the chicken strips. So I do need to check out the sandwich and see what all the fuss is about. But right now, I would have to say Chick-fil-A is still at the top. But there, there's other things I've seen that I want to try. Like I know there's a chain called Raising Canes. Their chicken looks amazing. There aren't any near me, so I haven't made it to to try them yet. Um, or in terms of burgers, I was lucky enough. You know, when my buddy got married, he wanted to do his bachelor party out in Las Vegas. I got to try In and Out, and I thought that was. I mean, that was almost an orgasmic experience, really. really? To be honest with you, I, really? I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, Man, I thought so. In and Out for me, <laughs> animal was... style. In and out for me was so depressing. I heard all this hype. People like, it's White Castle. It's the best thing in the world. I had it. I was like, this is not any different from an average burger. I, di- I didn't find anything amazing about it. I even got the Frying Dutchman, what they call it, the secret menu item. I didn't think it was that good. When it comes to fast food, like my favorite all time, if I was going to get chicken, um, it's definitely Chick-fil-A. Just because I, it's not super, super fried. I just... I do like a nice crispy fried nugget like chicken McNuggets and McDonald's are like what I always used to get all the time, but Oof, it, I can't do those, man. I don't know. <laughs> they were so convenient. They're like, they're like jalapeno poppers. You just throw them right in your mouth, dude. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, convenience for sure. And, and the thing with McDonald's is it's just so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. No matter where you are, you're going to have McDonald's near you. You might not have, you know, an Arby's or an In-N-Out or something like that. But everywhere you go, there's going to be McDonald's. Or they, like they have the best breakfast, dude. A sausage egg McMuffin 
if I smell that, I'm like, who the, where the fuck's the hash browns? Like I literally will be driving and like my windows are up and there'll be a McDonald's five miles away and I could smell the freaking, you know, the, the, that breakfast morning, dude. I'm like, ah, oh, it brings me back. Will you ever do the Chick-fil-A breakfast though? It's okay. I did it when I did jet skis for a while. We worked right next to a Chick-fil-A and a Chipotle. Probably the only time I ever really had Chipotle. Um, I ruined okay. that experience. Um, yep. I'm going to ask you this question too. When you, <laughs> you have a certain food in your mind that you hate based on one thing that happened, but it might not even been the problem with the food. It could have been the service. It could have been something, but you always strictly think of that food as disgusting because of that moment. I had this with a, um, Chipotle burrito. My very first time doing Chipotle, I had a break from doing jet skis. Um, so you're working 12 hour days. You don't get a lunch break. You don't get a clock out thing. You get a break time when you come back to the dock, like maybe rest or something till the next ride goes out. So they're going out back to back to pack summer day. I run over to Chipotle, um, while everybody else is fueling up and stuff. And I grab a burrito. I, I, I let them pick for me. Cause I feel like an asshole when I'm telling them what I want. I'm like, you know, it's good. Just throw it in there. And, um, I run back and as I'm fueling a jet ski with the gasoline, the smell of fuel, I'm eating a burrito. And I get like halfway into it and I'm like, I'm sick. And they're like, what? And it was the fumes and everything. So every time I walk into Chipotle now, every time I even just look at it, I start immediately getting hit with like a smell of gasoline. And it just, it ruined the whole food in general for me. Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens. I, I can't think off the top of my head of a specific food that was ruined for me that way, but I will say that that, type of thing. I have a story about Applebee's. And one of the real reasons why I don't go to Applebee's is something that happened one time that I went. Now, in this case, like lately, I've been deviating from my normal order almost anywhere I go. And it's worked out pretty well for me. But this time it didn't. So Applebee's, I was always a like chicken tender, boneless swing type of guy. This time when I went, I had decided, you know what, let me get something healthier better maybe i was trying to be more like an adult that day and i said let me get a steak i'm wearing a suit and a tie let's do this (laughs) so i sit down and i'm you know i get the plate i'm about to eat it and i cut into the steak there was a sticker on the plate under the steak like one of those you might find it um on a piece of produce at a produce market it'll have the like the code on it or you know what I mean? The the little stickers from the sticker gun. Yeah. I was so disgusted. I just said, you know what? I, I can't eat this. And I told them what happened. And they said, you know, do you want us to get you something else? And I just said, I'm sorry. I lost my appetite. And at this point now, one of my other friends agrees with me. They didn't have an experience like that. But if we're all, you know, doing something and somebody says, oh, why don't we go to Applebee's? The two of us just start shaking our heads. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Applebee's on um, my uh, grandma went there so much like uh, it was always a thing like we go up there on weekends and stuff after school like for a few years when I was uh, in like middle school and elementary school and um, it was like every weekend we were going up there and stuff and uh, uh, we spent summers up there too it was like every time we were up there it was, as soon as the first night we're going out to eat you know it was always that and we were tossing out ideas TGI Fridays Outback 
um, Applebee's, but we always get Applebee's and there's a waiter there. It was a bartender. His name's John. Um, we'd always get his booth and we did that for years. So he knew exactly what we wanted. As soon as we sat down, he already had the orders in, he had everything, the beer, everything for my grandma, uh, Mountain Dew for me, all this type of stuff. He just knew us and we just stuck with it because it was different. We didn't want anything different. We just preferred the same thing. Nobody wanted to experiment with the menu. We like what we like. I think it was because we cared more about the atmosphere of it too. You know, going out and having a meal with friends, um, you probably experience even going to a bar or something. It's sitting down and communicating with them is like one of the best things about it, that atmosphere. And it's not just the food, you know, I'll go to a crappy restaurant, but just to have that experience with someone, because we can just joke about it. We can have fun. Like you don't go to a Denny's and love yourself. You go to a Denny's at like two o'clock in the morning because you hate yourself and you want food, but you sit there and have fun because there's probably some dude standing up on a table, screaming with a bottle, cracking it over his head and trying to threaten a bunch of people. Cause that's what happens at Denny's at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, I think that um, being with people you love, you know, friends, family, I think that's the most important part. And that's why I, I don't like, like, I don't go into a sit down restaurant by myself and order food and sit there and take pictures of it. Um, I go with other people. Um, I think, and what you're talking about with that Applebee's experience, I think even if the food's, you know, just okay, or pretty good, the fact that not only are you with people you care about, but when you get the service that John provided you guys, that's what keeps people going back. Like I know if I go someplace and the food's amazing and the staff is just like, eh, we don't care about you and they don't, they don't focus on making sure you have what you need, I'm not going to go back. Even though the food was amazing, if the service is poor, it, it kind of ruins it. So what John was doing was smart and, and he was probably one of the big reasons other than the fact that you liked Applebee's that you guys went back. Yeah, we stopped going when he uh, when he left there. I mean, he, I liked him because he looked like <laughs> the guy from Pawn Stars. He was bald, so I think that's why I trusted him a lot too. <laughs> bald people in my eyes have more power than all the rest. Um, why is that? I don't know. The shininess. I'm like, <laughs> if you can rock that and you can polish that thing off in the morning, then you have my respect for life. Okay, I guess confidence to to do that. Okay, I don't know. Interesting. I got, I got issues. Stop <laughs> trying to judge me. <laughs> We're talking I'm not about judging food you at all. here, damn it. <laughs> I, I just want to understand you better, Rob. I'm not judging you at all. Um, see, <laughs> the fast food stuff, all right. What, 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 about, what about French fries? Where's your favorite place to get like a fast food French fry? Because for me, I don't know if you experience Royal Farms. I have. I, I haven't had fries there, but the fried chicken I've had. Their fried chicken is They're shitty. famous for that. I hate that. They're famous for it, though. I, they're they're <laughs> not in my eyes because the one in West Ocean City down here, I went there and got a fried, uh, whatever, six-piece chicken tender um, fry meal. And the woman's like, we're out of chicken. I'm like, it's 1 p.m. She's like, yeah, we're out of it, and I don't feel like putting any more on. I said, you're going to have to put more on later. You're world's famous chicken. She's like, I can make you the French fries. I'm like, then I'm only paying for the French fries. So she just loaded me up with those giant thick potato wedges. That's my favorite fry. The giant ones that are like one-fourth of a potato, those are my favorite. I don't like the small little thin ones. Okay. Yeah, I think I definitely go towards the, the larger ones. They have to be cooked right, though. If they're really like – mealy and like kind of almost raw in the middle it, it just ruins it they've got to be properly cooked but i agree i do like a potato wedge i think i would probably lean towards either the chick-fil-a waffle fry or a curly fry 
like a, I don't know if you've ever had Arby's. Their curly fries are amazing. Arby's, we have the meats. Yes, I, <laughs> yeah. that's probably my all-time. If I was going to choose a restaurant now to go to as fast food, I would definitely either go to Chick-fil-A or Arby's. Um, but then I'm conflicted again because we it comes into my mind. My one craving I get a lot is a nice Popeye's biscuit. There is oh, yeah. something about that crispness of that biscuit. I've been to Popeye's probably once in my life to eat, and it was when they first opened up down here. And me, like my dad loves that stuff. My dad's a big Burger King guy. That was always the thing. And I remember I would only go to Burger King with him. And it was different because I'm like, I'm so used to going to McDonald's and stuff. I'm like, this burger doesn't taste the same. It's all different. But that's what he was raised on in Baltimore. And we talk about, you can tell a lot about a person by what they eat. I mean, where you grow up too. What foods are around in the area? I know people that grew up on Sonic, that grew up on Carl's Jr. I've never had Sonic in my entire life. I don't trust a person on roller skates giving me my food. I'm sorry. Um, well, you know, you're not missing much, number one. Number two – they're not on roller skates at most places. I've never been to a Sonic where they were on roller skates. So that's, they kind of just walk out with the tray. But I don't think you're missing much there because it's just a sloppy mess. They put so much on their burgers. It, it just, it's all over the place and you need a million napkins. So I'm not, not a huge fan. Well, you're, you're in Philly, aren't you? Right outside Philly. Yep. Yeah. So you know about Wawa. Oh, yes. Do I ever hoagie fest, bro? Like this is a thing we can connect over because we're used to it here, but there's people I've talked to in California and Nevada. They're like, what's Wawa? I'm like, what? You don't know what Wawa is. I passed like four of them on my way to work in the morning. Like, are you kidding me? Like the, the steak subs, like I would always get a, you know, if I was going to create like subways, obviously really, really popular, but man, I just, Ugh. I hate trying can't to compare. Yeah, I can't, I can't explain Wawa and the difference with it. It's just better. I think it's because of the bread. Like, if you look at the, the shape of the sub from Subway, it's very, very wide. But the ones at Wawa are like a nice hot dog roll, but they're really long and kind of thick. So it's like easier shape for you to bite into rather than um, just like that flat thing that Subway is. And Subway is just, I hate, I, I really hate telling people what I want on my meal, dude. I feel such like an asshole. And Wawa is perfect. All you have to do is just hit a couple buttons and they get a ticket print out and they make it. You don't have to actually talk to them. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about buffets? Cause I'm a big, like when it comes to um, like anything that has seafood, I mean, I grew up in a beach town, so it's like crab legs, yeah. all those types of things. I've been to your beach town. Yeah. Love ocean city. Well, that's, um, that think... makes one of us, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think it's a little different. I mean, it's, it's home for you. For me, it's a place where I've gone at most for a week at a time. And, you know, it's days on the beach. It's, you know, it's a vacation. getting lunch at the frog bar. It's vacation. Yeah. So it's, it's just different. Um, I think, honestly, in terms of just trying to think as far as Ocean City is concerned, like, you know what? I, I lost my train of thought. What was your original question? It was, it was the buffet, um, man. Do you like what, what oh, the are buffet. your buffet? Yeah, what, yeah. What are your opinions on them? Like, because me, like Alaskan King crab legs, all those amazing things. And then if I really go to a nice panda buffet, which they closed the one down here because of FDA health regulations, and that was like six oh, wow. years ago. Honestly, I didn't give a shit if I got. If you're getting sushi from a buffet, you're gonna get diarrhea. So you already know what you're investing into. 
I mean, that I like the buffet idea. Like, you can go, you want fried chicken? We want pizza. You want sushi? For me, I'm a big California fan, a California roll fan. So I would grab 30 of those things and put them on my plate and just eat them all. Yeah, I mean, I think I do like buffets. Um, I lean towards cooked food, obviously. I'm not, I'm not big on – well, I don't like sushi at all. Um, in terms of seafood, I like certain things. Uh, I'm not big into working for it, I'll be honest. So crab legs have never been a thing for me. I love crab meat. I, I just, I'm not into working for it. But I used to love, you know, we would go down to Ocean City. We would always go to Phillips. And I feel like over the years, it's not quite as good as it used to be. I don't know what you think about Phillips, but it used to be great. Yeah, I mean, I went to Phillips once, but it's the same thing with restaurants. Like a lot of times, like they only like, especially for winter employees too. Like um, during winter time, like for you know people that live here, a lot of places like that, they don't try and keep up the amazing, I guess, experience. They just die down. You know, that's why like when you go to a place like in the country or something or a local restaurant or something, they keep the same thing. Like I've had some really good burgers from places that are like really not heard of. Like uh, Station 7 was this place that was open. It was made out of an old firehouse, dude. They had a nice bacon burger, probably the best one I've ever had. Even talking to you now, I'm salivating. My stomach's gurgling like, holy crap. Like, remember that bacon burger? <laughs> it was the fact, like, you compliment it so well. Like, I like a nice crispy bun. I don't know about you, but, like, a soggy bun to me is really, really, like, it, it turns me off on anything. You want that crisp factor of the bread. And then adding stuff on top of it, getting some bacon. I mean, I hated curly fries, dude, but I, I ended up liking them later in life. I love sweet potato fries. I love the, how you can take all that stuff and incorporate it into one thing. Yeah, I think you really brought up a great point about the bun, though. I think if it's soggy, it really is a turnoff. And that's kind of the problem that I've had with McDonald's with the quarter pounder. Now that they use fresh beef, it's incredibly juicy, which is good, but it's so juicy and greasy. And if you don't literally pick that burger up out of the bag within like five minutes of getting it and eat it right away, half of the bun is wet and inedible. Yeah. See, you don't want it to taste like a sock, like, you know, like a sock no, with butter uh, in it. That's just terrible. Like no. I've, my worst restaurant experiences, I remember one that really sticks out in my head. Um, I went to – there's a place called Boomers in Berlin. It wasn't the food. It's a diner-like type restaurant, like the old classic ones. It was the waitress. She wore so much makeup, it was like a mask where you could peel it off her face. And that just – I was a kid, and that scared the living shit out of me to the point every time I passed that restaurant, I refused to go in there because of that one experience. I take it you don't like clowns. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> not funny I to mean, me. Yeah, me either. I, I don't. I mean, I know people who are like deathly afraid of them. I wouldn't say that I'm afraid of them. I just I don't see the value in having a character in a show or a movie or whatever. Having a clown do something, you know. I wasn't. I will say this though: the Joker is an exception. You know, I don't have an issue with all the face paint there. That that's an exception. But generally I don't really see a whole lot of value in clowns. 
why the suburban foodie? Like, Phil, like why, why, why that? Why, why that Instagram name? Like, you're claiming yourself as that, but what, what what's, what's suburban? Yeah. Like, what do you mean by that, though? Like, are we that uh, immediately in my mind? I think of country. Well, so it's kind of in the middle, right? So you've got the city, you've got country, and then suburbia is kind of in the middle to me, right? So Pennsylvania is a very interesting state because you've got Philadelphia, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got some suburbs surrounding them in different areas. And then some people joke and say kind of in the middle of the state, it's, you know, Pennsylvania, right? It's, it's like real country. Um, but I think for me, the reasoning behind it, I could get to Philadelphia in 45 minutes to an hour tops, almost anywhere in the city, any restaurant. And Lord knows there's tons of great places in the city. I'm really not a huge fan of going into the city. I like to stay out in the suburbs, whether it's where I live or an hour from where I live, that doesn't matter to me, but I like being able to go somewhere and easily park and, you know, just walk in, not having to think, Oh, should I, should I take a train instead? Is that going to be easier? I'm just, I'm not a big fan. I'll go into the city if my friends want to do it, which once in a while it happens, but I'm not a big fan. Um, and then, you know, of course, the foodie part, because I'm in the Philadelphia area, that's where the pH comes from. Yeah. I See, I'm not a big fan of crowded restaurants. I, I guess you're probably not the same. Uh, just I, I really hate when a lot of people are in there. I like having a small place, you know, not just so, you know, the waiter only has me or something like that's kind of uncomfortable. I want there to be some people in there, obviously, but. When it comes to yeah. just like a super packed place, like the people that wait hours for a table, I don't do that. I'm like, let's go to a different one. Let's go somewhere else. I don't have time to wait. I'm going to have an experience and I want to not be rushed to get up so someone can take my seat. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there are a few situations where there could be exceptions to that if it's a specific place. Like I know when I went up to Boston, I've been to Boston a couple times on just like weekend vacations. And the first time I went, we went to, my friends and I went to this restaurant called Q and it was a Chinese restaurant, but they had what was called the Mongolian hot pot. Have you ever seen that before? No, but it, it, literally when you said that, I pictured a diaper in a bowl for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it was far better than that. So what they do, they have a burner in the middle of the table and they come out with a pot of broth and they turn the burner on, heat up the broth, and they literally give you, depending on what you want to order, a tray full of things that you can put into the broth and cook. You know, paper thin pieces of chicken, beef, and then they roll it up and you can kind of take it, you dip it in for a few seconds because it's so thin and it cooks it and then you can eat it. Um, so I just thought that that, not only was it a cool experience, but I thought that the food was very good. Everything that we ordered you know, with the hot pot and everything else, it, it was just amazing. So I wanted to go back the second time we were up there because it was the same group of friends I was with. And a few people were like, well, I don't want to wait that long because they said it might be 45 minutes, I think, to get a table. So we ended up going across the street to another restaurant, which the food was okay, but the real problem is the service wasn't as good. It was almost like 
we were inconveniencing them by the fact that we were there. That all um, plays which a factor really into your food review too. Like you can sit there and judge the food, but if you're having a really shitty experience and your service is really bad, when that food finally gets to you, you know, people say the anticipation, not when it comes to a restaurant and when it comes to service, the longer you wait for your food, but by the time it gets there, you're already just pissed off and at the whole experience in general that when you're eating the food, you can't truly enjoy it. You know, like, um, convenient type experiences some good ones that stick out in my mind or like when i went to go see um an orioles game with my grandparents in baltimore and i was like 18 or something my dad it was me and him like we don't see that family down there in baltimore very often so it's a rare occasion me and him we before the game started the orioles started we went into this restaurant that was like somebody's house like it was like one of those row homes the small ones that are packed right up beside somebody else's home and you're going up like this thin staircase. Everybody's drinking on the steps and stuff. And it's like three stories. And we go up to the top and there's a, there's a bunch of tables, like a restaurant, but it's in a really small, like you could tell it's in somebody's house. And we sat by the window and I'm looking behind them. You know, we're the waitress trying to get around with our appetizers and our drinks. It's taking forever to get to us, but it was such a fun experience. We had little peanuts on the table. It was amazing. It felt like, you know, we were dining for cheap, you know, and I, I, I see those moments, and then I see the moments like Ruth Chris Steakhouse, all these amazing expensive places everyone talks about paying $80 for a steak. I'm like, fuck that, man. I, I'd rather you know, be in a whatever cramped place or something and just with a, a meal that's you know cheap but have an amazing time because you could turn it into an amazing time. Absolutely. I think the smaller you know, hole-in-the-wall mom-and-pop type places, typically they will have the better food. And in a lot of cases, they'll have the better service and experience because they know they don't have the brand name recognition. They don't have the marketing budget that Applebee's has to run commercials and things like that. So they've got to really, based on the experience, the service and the quality of the food, they've really got to hook you and make you want to come back or make you tell your friends. And I think that's why that, in a lot of cases, can be the best type of dining experience um, not to say that, you know, a chain experience can't be because it can, but it's just, it's so hard to have consistency at every location that you might have a great experience at one location and you go to another and it's just awful. <laughs> okay. Now I have to ask you, does this make you want to travel a little bit out of the Philly area just to be able to try all the different types of food? Like Philly's known for the cheesesteaks, you know, Chicago's yeah. known for the pizza. All these places are known for so many things. Does this make you want to go out and try a, a little bit out of your comfort zone of the suburban Philly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would definitely say that I'd like to do that. You know, I enjoyed my time in Boston. And um, every time I go down to Ocean City, Maryland, same thing. Like one time, just randomly, we thought, oh, Crab Cake Factory. Let's check that out. Or, you know, you go to Frogs or... Um, I don't think they're still there, but we used to go to Adolfo's and get Italian food. I think it definitely makes me want to travel a little bit and and look around at what's out there and try some things. Uh, right now is probably not the best time to start doing that, so I'm just going to stick in my my area for now. Look, with you don't everything want a bacon burger on. with a side of coronavirus, all right? It, exactly. I'm not looking for that side of coronavirus, but the. The bacon burger part's good, so I'm going to get that, you know, here somewhere near home and, and not go too far off the beaten path. But I think it's definitely on my mind, absolutely. And I've been able 
to travel a little bit here and there, you know, a couple trips to Boston, Ocean City, you know, Florida, big Disney guy. So been to Disney a few times and tried some things there. And um, at one point, you know, I was fortunate enough years ago to be able to travel to the Philippines for work and um, spent six weeks total over there and tried some different food and, you know, Filipino beer and things like that. Um, I think I would probably stick domestic and I'd like to hit some spots of around the United States and check them out and do some reviews and get some pictures for the blog, et cetera. Okay. What is your favorite order restaurant? Like where do you order or where do you want to, where would you typically go? If I asked you right now, what type of food place would you go to? For me, I definitely would hit up a Chinese restaurant. I don't know what it is, but I can always kill a bunch of like egg drop soup. Um, some general so's chicken, just that. I yeah. love that stuff, dude. Yeah. General so's chicken's good. I'm a big crab Rangoon guy, but, um, I think if I had to pick one thing, I would probably go with Mexican food. Um, there's a, a really good Mexican restaurant not far from me. And I, I realized later that it was a chain, but it's always so consistent. Um, you might, I don't know if you have any near you, but they're kind of up and down the Eastern seaboard and in Virginia and all Plaza Azteca. Yes. You ever heard of that? That's right next to my house. Oh, okay. So at least the one near me, I don't know about, about yours, but it's fantastic. It's always great. And their dessert that's where menu I always got those. is nuts. Dude. Yeah. I, I used to go there. On my, cup. I, I, yes. I used to go there on my birthday and my birthday is new year's Eve. So that's like the nice. hardest day to go out to a restaurant. So we always would, eat there but eat there earlier or something but they pulled out this thing that ha was like an ice cream milkshake or like bowl and the whole outside was a tortilla shell that you would just cut into i was like oh my word this is oh it. the I'm fried not, ice cream yeah i'm not moving for the rest oh. of the night after that yeah no it's definitely my favorite restaurant um and it's to the point now where i've branched out so much to try and get pictures of different food that I'm, I'm starting to run out at places that I go a lot. I'm starting to run out of different things to try. You know, you, you can only get so many different things and eventually you start to run out, but that's definitely my go-to. If there's ever a question of, Oh, we don't know where we want to go or what should we get? Always Plaza Azteca. <laughs> all right. What's your, um, what's your pizza, your, your nostalgia pizza. We all had a place as a kid that we ordered from mine was Domino's hundred percent that oregano on the crust. Yeah, I think I have a strange and probably unpopular relationship with if you pizza say these little, days. If you say Little Caesars. No, 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 no. Little Caesars is, oof, no. That's, that's cardboard <laughs> pizza. That's cardboard pizza. It, it literally does taste like cardboard. You, you're not kidding. Um, My grandpa eats no. it. I'm like, look, you can eat that because you grew up in like the 20s when food was still <laughs> basically shit. <laughs> He was like, it's, yeah. it's good food. You know, it's like, it's like 7-Eleven food. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to lie there. 7-Eleven food's pretty good. <laughs> um, no, I think nostalgia would be Pizza Hut because when I was younger, Pizza Hut wasn't like it is now. Now it's like Domino's. You, you order it, they either deliver it or you pick it up. Pizza Hut was a sit-down restaurant with a full salad bar. Yeah. It, was, it was where you went, like if you had your birthday party as a kid and you know maybe you went bowling and then after bowling you go to pizza hut and holy that crap was... you just threw me through a wave of nostalgia dude i remember there's a <laughs> our pizza hut burned down uh, that's weird our wendy's burned down too this yeah is i was a, just gonna say what, what's what's fucking, going on down there you got some fucking pattern 
Greek lightning, <laughs> man. Greek lightning is what they call it when it burns down in the middle of the day. But um, yeah, we used to sit down. That was when the salad bar was a big thing. They had the jukebox and everything. You could flip a track and you could yes. Yes, yes, that was definitely my favorite. And I think the reason why I say now I have a, a weird or, or unpopular, strange relationship with pizza, pizza, I know, is kind of taken on a life of its own, and it's one of the most favorite things that, that people eat. But I'm kind of at a point where the, the red sauce doesn't just, just doesn't do it for me like it used to. If I get pizza, I prefer to get like a buffalo chicken pizza or – you know, up here because it's I'm near Philly, cheesesteak pizza is a popular thing. So I'll get that or, you know, a white pizza or something like that. I just, the red sauce, I don't know. It's, I just don't care for it as much. I can't eat much pizza, traditional pizza, like I used to. I'm always the big crust guy, but I, I could eat any real yes. type of pizza. The only one I can't really eat is I saw recently, or not recently, but like a, probably a few months back when I was working at a hotel, they had Nutella on a pizza with banana on top of it. It looked like shit. I was like, See, that just is, goes too far. That's a war crime. Yeah, that whoever I, thought of that should be locked up. I look that's at ridiculous. people that eat that, and then below them is um, like ISIS. Like the, the people that eat that pizza <laughs> are on my like list of people to lock up because that's insane. But like, there's foods depending on what you get. Like I, you know, went back from a concert, not exactly sober one time, but you know, walking back from the concert or something, there was a place called Ratsy's, and I went in there, and that's in College Park in Maryland. And just sitting down in there and getting a uh, paying twelve bucks for a slice of pizza. When I mean a slice of pizza is twelve dollars, I mean this pizza. This pizza slice was like the length of like if you were standing up from your chest to the floor. Like it was huge. It was like oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, dude. All right, this brings a good question. The best food I've ever had in my entire life, and I would go back to school to get my lunches there because pizza day at school was amazing. <laughs> Uncrustables were amazing. I mean, I, the, the breadsticks were awesome too. I don't know what it was about school food. People complain about it, but it was, I liked it. Well, yeah, we had, and I don't know if this is what you're calling breadsticks, but we had, they called them pizza sticks and they were like, they looked like pizza crust, but it was straight and it was filled with cheese and they gave you a side of marinara to yes. dip it in. Yeah, those were amazing. That was one of my favorite school lunches too. Oh man, I remember that too. Like uh, you get a packed lunch and next thing you know, you find out it's pizza day. You're like, oh, throw your lunch away and just walk over. I didn't get a lunch. Can I get a little free lunch or something? Okay, sure. Here you go. Bam. <laughs> oh yeah, they, that was the best. That was the best. And I, I know a lot of people, like you said, they do complain, but I always thought that the lunch at school, at least where I was, I thought it was half decent. Yeah, I always thought it was good too. Now this brings up a good question though. What kind of milk did you drink? Because this is a big one for me. So typically with school lunch, I went with the juice. I really didn't do the milk that much. Okay. Not. What, but if yeah, I did, if I yeah. if I was picking, it would be strawberry. Oh, you sick! I knew it. I knew it. I could sense it about you. My buddy was a giant strawberry milk fan. I was only chocolate, and he's like, "Man, I don't know why people keep putting their strawberry milk back." I'm like, "Cause it's disgusting." Like, even smelling it at the table, I would cringe. But honestly, as I'm got older and haven't really had milk in forever, I feel like a strawberry milk would be kind of a, like a nice change to it. But when you're a kid, you know what you like, and nothing ever changes, man. Like, 
what was yeah. your all-time favorite cereal for me i like i love honey smacks but like count chocula s'mores all those ones that give you diabetes that wouldn't be around today <laughs> unless it's a seasonal event yeah for me it's cinnamon toast crunch hands down that's my favorite um which to be honest is why like they they came out with i think it's coffee mate a cinnamon toast crunch coffee creamer and I'm actually going to post a review of the coffee creamer shortly. It was disappointing compared to the cereal. What I remember the cereal being as a kid and what I feel the cereal is today, because I still eat it once in a while. The coffee creamer was just bland. Yep. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss. Now I do want to end on yeah. this question though, Matt. Yeah. What is your favorite ice cream? You can choose a specific brand. Back in the day, there was only vanilla and chocolate, and then you got the guy that got the sherbet. But then now we have all these amazing flavors out today. My childhood thing was Ben and Jerry's fish food, the fudge fish and the chocolate okay. with the marshmallow, the caramel. That was it for me. Like That's heaven on earth. And then half-baked was pretty good with the cookie dough. Yeah, I had Ben and Jerry's a few times. I would have to say... It wasn't typically what I would get, um, not because it wasn't good, but I think just, I don't know, maybe it was price and the size of the container. We would always go with something larger. Flavor, I have to go with cookies and cream, like Oreo. Brand, that I don't, I don't get too picky on. Um, we have, I don't know if you have Turkey Hill ice cream down there. We have Turkey Hill. That's pretty good. Um but lately, I've been doing – it's kind of the same thing. It's a little bit more – I guess it's more fancy. It's like a gelato, but it's meant to be like a cookies and cream, and it's got like a caramel swirl through it. It's healthier, so that's kind too. of been my go-to. Yeah, yeah. The Talenti is the, the brand I've been – Yeah. I, I, I've heard I a lot of people it, talk – I heard a lot of people talk good about like a halo top and stuff. But yeah, I haven't had ice cream in forever, but I could definitely kill some Ben & Jerry's. Um, but if I was really going to like get, pick a sweet dessert or something like, like we talk about craving different things at different, it depends on the day. It depends on this dude. I've been craving whatever that freaking thing is that they cook for Thanksgiving with the marshmallow in it. And like the yams, I don't even like yams, oh. but just like a nice pie, dude, when you slice it and you get that crisp, that crisp cut, fuck. I don't know what it is. It's like <laughs> ASMR pleasure or something. I look at it. I'm like, I would just watch videos of some dude cutting pie the whole day. <laughs> you know, it's funny about the the yams with the marshmallows. That's not something we've ever done, at least with my family. My mom makes the candied yams pretty much most holidays, but she never really does the marshmallows on it, which I don't have a problem with it because I'm not a big marshmallow guy overall, but love the candied yams. Yeah, a lot of people eat like ham and stuff on Thanksgiving. For me, I have crab cakes and shrimp. Every holiday is that. You know, like it's oh. it all depends on where you're from. Like my one buddy, like you know, when you're a kid and you go over to someone's house and they, you figure out that nobody eats the same. Like, oh, we have you guys have rice. Oh, you guys have checks, rice checks. You guys don't you guys don't eat uh like potatoes or anything. What? There's no potatoes here. Wait, you guys are having tacos for dinner? I've never had tacos for dinner. And then you want it when you get home, and your parents are like, no. We, we eat this stuff. Like, it's, it's crazy to kind of see when you get exposed to all that, especially as a kid, like you start figuring out like, wow, everybody is a little bit different and it starts with food too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, holidays are a good point. Thanksgiving, 
you know, traditional turkey for us, Christmas is always a ham and so is Easter. Um, then New Year's Day, they say it's good luck to have pork. So, you know, we usually have pork that day. But I know a lot of folks that do it differently. I mean, I'm not Italian. So, for example, on Christmas, like they call Christmas Eve seven fish, we don't do that because we're we're not Italian in my family. But, you know, I know that's a very popular thing and a lot of great options for the the seven fish. Of course, you know, you always have the, the smart asses out there. I saw somebody on social media put a picture up. They had seven flavors of goldfish. And they said, this is my, my seven fish dinner. <laughs> that's crazy. So I was thinking, Matt, out of all the places that we've tr- or you've tried, and then I've tried places too, like we know what the good fast food joints are, at least in our opinions. We know what like good fries are, good sandwiches are, good biscuits, all those types of things. But I was thinking, maybe me and you should develop an app. <laughs> I mean, definitely an interesting idea. I have to say, uh, hopefully you know about app development because I sure don't. Well, <laughs> Not I'm like, my wheelhouse. I mean, at one point I hadn't, like there was, I think there was an app idea for like trying to do a pregnancy test with your phone, but people kept pissing on their phones and their phone would stop working. I was like, it's the same <laughs> thing with using a scale as your phone. Like, let me stand on this and see how much I went. Oh, it broke. <laughs> but I was so thinking, what's, well, I was thinking there's an Uber, like a spot, like just to call people up and get them to pick up certain spots. But imagine if there was a recommendation place, kind of like Yelp, that would recommend really quick, easy options in your area that would just pop up on your phone. Like today's menu, this, and then it shows like a special or something, or there's a good local, like I want seafood. Then you just type it in, in the filter seafood. And next, you know, something pops up for you to grab. Hmm. Might be onto something there, Rob, I have to say. But no high class shit, like no, nothing like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, where it's like eighty hundred dollars for a steak. Boy, that's I think that's the the second time you've mentioned them. You really, uh, really not a fan of Ruth Chris. Huh? I've never been there, but you're on a golf course, so you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, w- I will say that definitely isn't as comfortable going to a place like that. I've I've been to Ruth Chris once. I guess the food was good. It was a while ago, but just in general, the more expensive, fancier places, I I, I don't know. There's just, I don't like the stuffy quality of it. I'll I'll go once in a while, but I don't like feeling higher class than I am. I'm like lower middle class at the most. I want to feel lower middle class or I want to feel less than that. You know, it's, it's weird because we talked about like that one house I went to when I went to go see an Orioles game and it was literally somebody's house. That was a restaurant really, really tight, but they had okay food. Like the good times were with my family in there, but I mean, ah, shit. Then there's like the Baskin Robbins, freaking bottomless fries, or is it Baskin Robbins or red Robbins? I get red, red Robin. (laughs) You can't have two birds in a name in any location for me or my eyes just go (laughs) cross-eyed. Yeah, and I have to say, as far as the you know middle class, lower middle class thing, I, I think from what I can tell, just you know now speaking with you and you know hearing your podcast, you you're a very humble guy. You don't want, in general, you don't want to be seen as this elevated persona, right? Whether it's from a class perspective or you know just taking a compliment for what you do. You know, uh, I listened I to one of your episodes. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not a big fan of getting the uh 
the old ego said. <laughs> it's just it, it. Well, I look at it like this. At one point in my life, I learned that ego gets you nowhere. I was always about approval. I still am about approval, but I figured that's something in myself I need to fix. If my ego gets too big or gets too, I get too comfortable being myself. It's the same thing, Matt. If I offered you a million dollars, what would you do with that million dollars? Would you go all out and start acting like you were better than people? Would you buy a big house? So I definitely would not do the first option. I think what I would look at first is situations within my family like my my mom for example she's paying a mortgage on her own my stepdad can't work anymore he he had a brain aneurysm rupture a couple years back so i think i would look to help her and i have younger siblings that are going to be getting ready for college in a couple years so those are the sorts of things i would think about and then potentially finding you know a charity that i relate to to give some money to that. I wouldn't go and act like I'm better than anybody. I would probably, you know, maybe I'd get myself a car or something, but I wouldn't go crazy. I always, what would you do with a million dollars? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'd probably spend a good portion of it either trying to create a cereal that I want or trying to meet the CEO of Honey Smacks. But honestly, if I was going to be legit with it, I would definitely, and it's going to seem a little selfish, but I never wanted a big house. I just, it, it's never been comfortable for me. I've always just wanted a small house, with a lot of nice things, but I would probably isolate myself from everybody. Just put myself out in like a, a woods somewhere in a small little cabin with a podcast set up where I have a bed and a podcast room and definitely a hot tub out back. But most of the rest of the money, like it would just be, you know, pennies or I would invest it into a business or something that would be profitable for people. You know, like I don't consider this podcast like an organization or a profit at all, but I like to think I help people kind of get their word out a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, you never know. You never know what it will turn into. The podcast could get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you never know. I didn't think I'd be sitting here talking to you today. I didn't think anybody would want to interview me. And you know, here I am about seven, eight months after making this page and we're having a nice chat. So you just, you never know. Never say never. You took the, don't you dare quote Justin Bieber. In front of me. <laughs> well, you, you took the shot though. That's what I always try and show people. Like when we do like it's, I wouldn't even, I know it seems a little interviewish, but it's just conversation, you know, like it goes wherever we take it. I've had guests turn it on me. I've had guests ask things about me. I've asked things like I've had a bunch of stuff and it's weird because at the length it's growing, you get to tell some people will start listening to the episodes that are the most recent, but then I've had people go back to the beginning and listen to the very first few. And it's like, it's weird because then like you end up talking to them and you reveal so much about yourself. I mean, I, I've, I've done so many that it's like, I say some shit, but you know, <laughs> when it comes to saying shit, it's usually on me. Like I've been hit by a jet ski. I've been oh down a lot, like, you know, but I've always learned, like, I guess I would never spend 500 bucks on a steak. That's all I have to really say out of all this shit. Like, it's yeah. literally that for me, the boiled duck, whatever. I'm literally like, if I was going to, someone gave me a million dollars to survive off of, it'd be cans of tuna. I would be so frugal with my money. I'm very frugal as a person with my things. You know, I'm more than happy to lend it out, but I also take care of my stuff. And I'm like, it's come from beginnings. Like we talk about, you can tell a lot about a person by what they eat. 
you know, that's true. Yeah. And, and I agree with you in terms of the meal. I, I can't see the value in spending more than about, I don't know, a hundred, 150 for a meal. And that's even, I mean, that's on the higher side, but I, I can't see hundreds of dollars or thousand dollars for a meal. I mean, what's the point? Because no matter if you pay $5 for the meal or 500, it ends up in the same place. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just got done with what you were saying. I know. Right. But <laughs> literally it's like, it's food though. So you're going to be hungry later is how I look at it. Like, man, I don't know when, when are you spending $150 on a meal? Like a date? Uh, to be honest, to be honest, um, well, $150 just on myself, I don't think I've ever done it. I think the most I've ever spent on a meal just for myself was probably somewhere between 80 and 100. And it's like a once a year type of thing. Uh, there's a place not far from me called Seven Stars, and it's a steakhouse, an old fashioned restaurant. Um, they've been around since, I don't know, sometime in the 1700s, old, old building. And they literally bring out the prime rib and it's falling off the plate. It's, you know, almost the size of your head. You know, you, you eat your meal and I end up taking a bunch of it home. I'm cutting it up and putting it into omelets and, you know, reusing it for a couple more meals. It's just, it's massive and everything's a la carte. So, you know, if you get two sides and then you decide you're going to get a dessert, it's, it all adds up the appetizer and, of course, if you're going to get a drink. Um, so usually going there, it's it's closer to like 80, 90 a person. I like I like doing the once maybe a year things like going out on a birthday. And you remember you brought up uh, La Tapa Teca, that Mexican restaurant. I don't even think I can ever, ever say the name right. Oh, <laughs> Plaza Azteca. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Um, but like there's those moments that are fun, like on a birthday or do some of those. Like we've all had those good moments, but when I look at like the food, like $80 for a meal, like I'm like, dude, that's so much money in groceries. Like I came from a childhood where like my grandparents were buying us groceries because my parents just worked so much. It was hard to remember to stock it up, you know? And it was like, I came from a place where it was like, you gotta, you gotta find what you can get. And, you know, and when I got money and I started saving it up, I was like, every time I'm going to the grocery store, I'm taking stuff I learned from my grandma when it comes to going at four o'clock in the morning, getting those yellow ticket items, you know, getting this, you know, budget cost, you know, if the, the meat's marked down because it's going to expire soon, you throw it in the freezer, it lasts a little bit longer. I was that type of guy to buy the deals, go couponing. I still do that today. And I've saved, I've seen people buy the same exact items or even less items than me and spend a hundred dollars more. And when I figured this out, I was like, this is the way to go. And like I'll, I'll, most I'll spend now maybe $40 a week in groceries and I'll get so much that they could even last me longer. But as soon as I dwindle down a little bit, I start to stock it back up again because I'm like, well, what happens at one point if I don't have a job or if I don't have this or if I can't move or this or this or this, it's all there. It's a safety net. Sure. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, by no means was I going to this steakhouse as a child. It, it wasn't introduced to me until I was at least, I don't know, maybe 20, 22, somewhere around your age. And at that point, I was working and making my own money and starting to decide what do I want to spend it on and, you know, how much do I have saved and all of that. So I got to where I got to a point where 
now I can do that once a year, even if I needed to do it more need. Yeah, that's funny. You really don't need to do it. But if I wanted to do it more, I could. But it's it's kind of once a year is enough. It's a special occasion, once in a blue moon type of thing. And I, I don't make a habit out of it. And I think even if I had a lot more money, I don't know if I would make a habit out of it then either. I think it's just like a special occasion thing to me. Well, not even to be like, a, I would I would say like a jerk to the people that do have money. It's like, I'm looking at them. I'm like, you just spent a thousand dollars on a dinner. Why don't you just donate some of that money? If anything, if it's good, if you're just going to waste on a one-time thing, why don't you change somebody's life or something? You know, like I don't have a giant ego to the point where I'll be like, I would donate all my cash to charity. No, I would yeah. definitely be a little selfish towards my stuff, but it's an aspect of like, I'm looking at, as the amount of money that gets thrown away into food, the amount of stuff that gets made every single night gets thrown in the trash and all the things that expire, they get thrown in the trash. I understand it's FDA regulated and stuff, but I was always looking at it like they're more than happy on that day when the meat expires, instead of throwing it in the trash, why don't you donate to a homeless shelter and just make sure they sign an agreement saying that there's no replications for it. I'm like, you would save so many people. They don't give a shit about, if it expired yesterday, they're hungry as hell right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it all depends where you are and what the item is. I know I worked at a grocery store for like five or six years before I started doing what I do now. And anything that was expired, there were different ways that we donated it. We had some folks from a couple of local churches come up and they would get all the bakery items, you know, bread and rolls and things like that. And we would give all the, the stuff to them when it was about to go out of date. And I know a lot of things, like we had a program years ago um, at the store where I worked, where there was produce that was pulled off the shelf that was donated. And I think something happened where, you know, we live in a very litigious society, as they say, somebody sued over a rotten piece of fruit or a vegetable or something like that. And that was put to an end, but believe it or not, there was close-coded meat that was sent. Um, there's a an organization in Philadelphia called Phil Abundance. It's uh, like a food pantry, and they do a lot of great work here in this this area, Greater Philadelphia area. And we would donate meat to them. It would sit in the freezer for a couple days before they'd come pick it up, and they would throw it on their freezer truck and take it. Why are people suing over getting sick off eating something, dude? I had salmonella from fucking Honey Smacks. I didn't say a damn word. <laughs> they denied my sponsorship <laughs> even after my sad tale. I didn't care. You know what? You, you Things happen. I get it. I get you get upset by it, but it's also like move on to it. If it doesn't kill you or it doesn't cause severe damage to you, then that's perfect. But it's a, I think it's a, a thing though. Like if you want to get back to like the app idea part, like they had an app at one point, um, a joke app. I saw off a show, I guess, but it was like finding the nearest toilet that you can shit in like anybody's house that was <laughs> renting their toilet. So it was like an Uber toilet. I was like, why yeah. don't we just have a spot that's for people on a budget, like couponing, but with meals on the go, like being able to find a certain code or something to use at a restaurant or an Outback delivery system now because Outback fucking delivers. That's strange. 
But like, yeah, there's so many different items in restaurants where people don't have the time or something to go do something. Why don't we get something that could be a takeout order or maybe a coupon code or a special delivery package or a cheap budget package like these secret menu items that are so widely known and people love to get like at Chick-fil-A, you can get a fucking root beer float. Nobody ever talks about that. (laughs) Well, you said something about Outback here that I kind of got stuck on. So Outback themselves, they deliver or are they using, you know, DoorDash or Uber Eats? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that either until my mom was like, I'm getting a steak uh, from Outback. I was like, okay, well, have fun with your night. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm not leaving the house. I'm like, what do you mean you're not leaving the house? They go, (laughs) you can either pick it up or they deliver. And I was like, how the hell? Like, I never, I thought Outback, the whole point was you're going to come in here sit down, draw a fucking picture on these child menus we have, and then eat this amazing bread. And by the time your meal comes, you're full because you ate all the bread. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what happens. Uh, unless you're one of my friends, this one buddy of mine, not out back, but we always go to Texas Roadhouse. I don't know if you've ever been, but they have these amazing little rolls and they give you cinnamon butter. It's fantastic. Jesus, cinnamon butter and rolls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They give you four rolls in a little basket when they take you to your table. We went one time, and he just decided he was going to eat as many rolls as possible. And I got to tell you, you know, you mentioned some things about what you see on my page, what I've eaten, and oh, my God, this guy's probably got indigestion. Well, (laughs) it would be amazing if this guy didn't have indigestion. Let me tell you. All right. To clarify the page thing, I wasn't trying to be mean. (laughs) I was like, I was just looking at it. I was like, damn, but like you got some, like, what's your favorite cereal? You've tried some cereals. It's, it's definitely cinnamon toast crunch, but a favorite for what I've tried recently. Cause now I just, if I see something different that I've never seen before, I buy it just to try it out. Um, I would have to say, well, it's in the same, same family. The, um, they, they did a cinnamon toast crunch that was like a holiday version. Hmm. And they, turn, they started turning them into an ice cream now too. But when I was looking at your page, I was just looking out and I was like, a lot of the meals seemed like they were like college dorm kid meals, like when you're on a budget, like ramen <laughs> and stuff. But then when I saw like the tater tots on a sandwich, I was like, that's stuff I did when I was little. But like, Well, the tater tots were next to the sandwich. They weren't on it. Oh, I thought those I saw were, them on there. Those were chicken nuggets. Oh, I didn't have any chicken patties, so I made do with the nuggets. Yeah. Oh, that's not freaking poor. That's that's ingenious. (laughs) It's resourceful. That is resourceful. It's like when you figure out that you can make ramen with your curry. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've never, to be honest, I've never been a a big ramen guy. I've only ever had it a couple times. I could never get the, the flavor packet in there, right? I ended up like messing up and it didn't taste like it. Or I ended up not cooking the ramen all the way to it was like a brick. I just threw it in the microwave for 10 minutes. And when I came back, hopefully the bowl didn't break or something. <laughs> it's an interesting approach. <laughs> That's what I try and live my life by. Just give it time. So like anytime, like I'm cooking taquitos or hot pockets, like just put it in there 10 minutes, walk away, do some other shit, come back. And hopefully the house isn't on fire. Taquitos. Those, those have been a go-to over the years for me. Jose Olays. Did you make them in the oven or you make them in the microwave? I've done both. The oven I think is better. The oven is better, but the microwave, it's like you put them in there 10 minutes and the ends are super hot. And then you, as you work your way into the middle, like the inside of the plate, they're just freaking cold, but you'll eat them anyway. 
<laughs> no, my question though, do you just eat them as is, or you break out the salsa? Do you break out sour cream? What what's your if I wasn't do? so damn lazy, I mean, I probably would, but I was always <laughs> just eat them plain. I mean, you're talking to a kid that used a steak knife to spread his PB sandwich. Like he just didn't understand the concept of just wash a knife off. I was like, the only ones in the drawers <laughs> are steak knives, so I'm going to shred the shit out of my bread. <laughs> That's okay. At least you didn't shred the shit out of your fingers like I did when I was in, I guess, middle school. I was so in a hurry that I took a bread knife and tried to cut a bagel with it. Bro. But Rob, the bagel was frozen. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't just thaw it out first. I just I don't know. I was in a rush. Oh, it was not man. good. Yeah. Uh, I used to put <laughs> butter on my bagels and put them in the things I hated cream or I hated cream cheese or whatever the hell you put on them. I also don't like sour cream or mayo. Oh man. So is it consistency yes. or yes okay it is a hundred percent consistency i don't like cum <laughs> <laughs> well, i guess by that standard maybe i do because i do like mayonnaise and sour I cream said that to my grandma she looked at me like what'd you just say i was like it's the <laughs> consistency of cum <laughs> see I, I feel the same way about cottage cheese i'm not a big cheese guy to be honest with you even on like, oh a i am a but cottage cheese, cheese is disgusting. But see, there's a difference. I like this. The cheese sticks were pretty good as a kid. Those little pull apart things. Oh, absolutely. But I only like them in the the lightest color cheese, like that. Uh, I guess it's the the American cheese, or no, the Swiss cheese, the white one. Okay. But when it gets to the yellow in a cheese stick form, it just I don't like the taste of it. Yeah. See, I'm I'm a little less picky with actual cheese. But it's just oh the the cottage cheese like people put it on top of fruit and no no that ruins it no thanks no I stay away from it because like I, I when I go to the grocery store I have some family members that are like pick me up blue cheese I did it once dude it like the smell of it and it was like I guess it was dehydrating like you could feel the condensation of it got on my <laughs> fingers and I couldn't wash it off all day dude I was getting sick blue cheese smells fucking terrible. Well, you know what it is. You know what the blue and blue cheese is, right? Mold. Yeah. People eat it. I, I'm one of them. I love blue cheese dressing. The bigger the chunks, the better. I just, I think it's awesome. But what I know was, some people are grossed out by it, like what, yourself. What was it? What was your go-to budget meal? Like your one you had to like craft up on your own because you had like barely anything left in the house. Wow, that's a good question. Um, okay, you know what? I think it was, I think they're like Keebler crackers. They're called Toasteds. Okay. I used to take the Toasteds, and this was contingent upon having cheese. I would take that like four cheese, like taco blend, the shredded cheese, and I would sprinkle a little bit on top of each cracker. And I would pop the plate in the microwave to melt the cheese. That's how you made nachos. <laughs> they, they were they were cracker nachos, I guess. But you know what? At least back then, they were delicious. Dude, Open I, up a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, all right. I, I pictured you as a Dr. Pepper guy. I was uh, All the way. I was a Mountain Dew Code Red fan. I was. Anything, oh, me too. Anything basically Mountain Dew was really good. But 
my budget meal was like a saltine cracker, a little bit of peanut butter, and a tiny bit of salt on top of it. More salt on top of a saltine. Yeah, no, I was, I like to live dangerously, damn it. There was no thing <laughs> called cholesterol back when you're a child. Oh, you know, the peanut butter reminds me. So my grandfather used to sit there every morning with his coffee and he would take a slice of white bread. He would butter it. Then he would put peanut butter on top of that, fold it and dip it in his coffee and eat it. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I probably tried. It's probably really good. Yeah, it tasted pretty good. See, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) People need to explore a little bit more. Like, I see Snapchat's late-night eats. I'm like, let's just find a way. We should make the app Ghetto Meals and just make a bunch of, like, weird-ass food combinations on there. Like, unlock all the recipes of the world. Get everybody just to, like, like a giant Reddit. But let's make it so people can't be posting weird-ass pictures on there because they're savages. You know what this almost reminds me of, though, as you were talking about it with, you know, locations and popping up, you know, you want this, here it is. I don't know if it still exists, but did you know that there was an app that was made for California, I think specifically San Francisco, where it would show you on a map where there were turds in the street or on the sidewalk? Because there were so many across the city that somebody came up with an app to alert you that you were getting close to a turd. Are you sure that wasn't San Francisco? Because they have a large homeless population there. Right. That's what I said. I think it was San Francisco. Oh, my God. That's an awesome app, though. I would wish they had that with dog shit in my neighborhood so I wouldn't walk out of the house and step on one. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, this world is strange that we're living in, but I'm glad there's people like me and you in it. Me too. Me too. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast again. I'm sorry I had to drag you through it. Hey, no problem. It's a pleasure. Well, I do have to ask you one thing. Yeah. Out of everything you've heard in any of my episodes, is there anything that you question? Hmm. Like a certain story I... I said or something about me that you've kind of wanted to ask? I don't know if it's anything specific, but I I think in terms of what I had mentioned earlier about, you know, taking compliments and, you know, what you're doing, I think what you're doing is important. And I have to say, I think you're quite good at this because, you know, we didn't know each other. No, no, (laughs) we didn't know each other until you had reached out to me and, you know, we spoke to record this podcast and, it almost feels like we're old friends catching up and that says a lot about you. And I know one of my favorite, actually my absolute favorite episode so far of all that I've listened to was the one with um, Artur because he really took a dive into who's Rob. Right. Oh yeah. And uh, I enjoyed that. And he, he would continue to compliment you and you would, Oh no, no. So I guess my one main thing would be, you know more about that what's what's behind that why why are you so um your your ego is almost like non-existent or at least it seems that way where you just you don't want to take credit you're just you're here everybody has a story but then you told him well i don't really have a story that needs to be told like that's what's interesting to me is finding out more about that 
I got abandonment issues. What can I say? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's um well I did get a lot of flack for that episode too. I had a few people out of a lot of people that reached out um that was like, Oh, it was interesting to get to learn about the guy behind the pod. And then I had a few people message and say we don't really give you know a shit about you or something. Like, I, I figured it was gonna come. It it's happened before, but it's a point. If that podcast was a little bit unique because going into it, I told him I, it wasn't about me. It was about him. So, But I also, mm -hmm. what I tell you, just like I said in the beginning, and I tell all my guests, it's conversation. So if you have a topic you want to switch, bring it my way. I'll be more than happy to answer questions or do whatever. And um, that's why about an hour in, he uh, brought up me. And then I said, all right, if you want to do it, no secrets. And kind of went into it. <laughs> You know, it's weird having that change, but we both do the same thing podcast wise. He's more of a guy that interviews people in their 20s um, that have done a certain accomplishment or achievement in their life. Me, I'm more of a conversation with anybody if you're 90 to, you know, at least above the age of 18 um, to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like we all have a voice that really matters, even if you haven't accomplished anything yet. I'm just trying to show people as a conversation's a key thing in life. And even like after our podcast together, I feel like when you come down or if I come down to you, we more than happy to go grab a beer or something, chill at a bar and really talk shit on the fact that $80 for a fucking steak is nuts. Oh, <laughs> uh, Hey, I would be open to it. And I think, um, in general, I think that there's a lot of things that you and I might not see the same perspective on, but I think there's a lot of things that we would. You know, you, you mentioned taking flack for that episode. What kind of bullshit is that? I mean, I, I haven't dealt with a whole lot of blowback on anything I've done on the page, but I know I put up a picture of a sandwich and it was from Jimmy John's. And somebody commented on the picture, you know, are, are you sure you want to post this? Did you see Mark Hamill's most recent Instagram post? And apparently the owner of Jimmy John's is a big game hunter. And he, I think it was an elephant that he had killed. Yeah, that's pretty effed up. But what does that have to do with the fact that I got this sandwich and took a picture of, you know what I mean? And people get outraged and, you know, there's blowback on me for that. So I can understand how people would do that, but screw them. If they don't like it, turn it off. Yeah. Well, it's just the fact is like, it is more about like, I try and tell people like, you know, people ask me how my day is. That's cool. But I like asking other people too. I mean, it does wear on me a little bit just with the fact that you're consuming a lot. Like I do have a lot of conversations and it is kind of difficult just to kind of like, you know, be on one side of it. But, you know, we all have a story that does matter. Um, for me, it's just like, you know, I'm interested in hearing others. You know, if I was coming onto another platform, I'm more than happy to talk about myself. But if you've ever seen a guest spot I've ever done on a podcast, and I have done a lot of them, as soon as it gets pointed on towards me, I switch it over to them. And that's only because I, I, I just, I, I feel like, yeah, like I've been on interview shows, like, well, tell me about your podcast. How do I like, I'm like, it's conversations with people. Just look it up. Like, okay, let's get on to the next question. Hey, just look movie? it up. Yeah. It's it's so simple because it's like if you really honestly want are interested in looking it up, you'll do so. Same thing. The reason why when I'm on WebMD looking if I just developed cancer because I ate two boxes of raisin bran, I fucking I'm curious and I'm looking this shit up. It doesn't just come to me. Well, that's the world, Matt. That's all I got to say. And I appreciate you coming back out and doing the podcast.
Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate your time and thanks again for having me. And I'll make sure I drop all the links in the description too. If you want to shout out uh, one more time to the Instagram page you got. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, at Suburban Foodie and it's foodie with a PH. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, most active on Instagram though. So check it out. Groovy, baby. That's an Austin Powers reference that all you guys <laughs> won't get, but me and Matt get it. <laughs>